0: Hi, I'm Sarah Adams. This is Cosmic Conversations, and today we have a special guest, CC. She's a life and relationship coach.
1: So excited to be here. It's an honor. Thank you for having <laughs> me on. I mean, come on.
0: I'm just, yeah, I'm so excited because I'm like, I want to do a Divine Feminine podcast, and I love
1: your posts. They're so <laughs> important. Thank you so much. I have to tell you, it's so crazy that you reached out to me when you did because when we first started following each other on Instagram, I followed your Instagram because I loved your posts. And I had no idea you had all these episodes on Gaia. And I happened to be watching your episodes on Gaia the day before you reached out to me. And I was like, <gasps> can't you see me like how did you know that it was so crazy i was so shocked and happy and honored
0: i love that it's so synchronistic isn't it yeah it,
1: it was powerful and just like me
0: reading your post it's like what i know about dayton about you know attracting guys like it's funny because I've always been like the girl who really doesn't care goes my way does my thing works on my life works on my well-being and then I attract a lot of guys my way and I look at my girlfriends who are so desperate you know um for guys and it's like they repel guys and I'm like looking at your post like she's just writing it out I'm like I'm writing the multi-dimensional et spirit stuff and she's just going after like that subject entirely Mm -hmm. which i haven't addressed a lot you know Mm -hmm. um because i'm so focused on the multi-dimensional et stuff i was like this is great she knows what she's talking about this is how it works magnetically energetically so Mm
1: -hmm. yeah i mean thank you (laughs) thank you i definitely think having been on both sides of the coin where I was in that desperation and that energy and then working on myself and seeing all the shifts, that experience, when I had it and I saw how different my results were, I thought to myself, oh, people got to know about this. Because no, is anyone talking about this? Like we need to talk about this more because it was such a shift in my own life. And it was my personal experience that really drew me to it, honestly.
0: That's incredible. You know, it's a great subject to tackle, especially now with, I think that a lot of girls think that because, you know, they're attractive, they're going to attract a guy, you know, who's going to treat them right or whatever. And that it just doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. I think I, in my experience, I've seen a lot of attractive girls not actually, they can attract a guy briefly, but they can't keep the guy or they don't even attract guys. Like they want that they want at the level they want, they're attracting way low level guys. You know that basically aren't date date and material, and, it, and it's, not, it's it's because it goes further than how you look. It's like your mm-hmm. energy field. Are you giving off? Are you a light or are you depleted mm-hmm. inside and miserable inside, which is going to repel guys that actually are date and material. So I I completely completely love. The subjects that we will be tackling today, because this is really needed, you know, right now in the dating scene, especially when you have like Instagram and there's like all these options of people and everyone's instant gratification in the dating scene, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous, by the way, I'm kind of old fashioned. It's just like, okay, I realize girls are having a lot harder time, you know, attracting the guys that they want to attract. And we, but we have this magical power of when we build ourselves up into that goddess energy that we can attract Mm. a guy who's a good guy and going to be a good partner and who's going to love us and you know be exactly what we need so yeah
1: yeah I mean everything you just said yes yes and more yes I think that if you're just starting out one of the best things that's gifted to us is our external experience is going to shed a lot of light on what our internal world is doing. So if we keep attracting people who are just not that into us, who keep ghosting us, who, okay, yeah, we're attractive, we get them for a second, but then they're gone the next day, we have to then ask ourselves, okay, how is this reflective of how I'm treating myself? in my own experience, I I would make a connection. I would go out there and I would meet these people and then they would just fly away like a butterfly and I would have no idea what happened and it really, was so frustrating. So I feel for people who are going through this because you think there's something just wrong with you. You think you're just not good enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not lovable. There's just something wrong with you. And I always say, there's nothing wrong with you, but there may be a little kink in how you're projecting your own energy and how you're treating yourself. And when you use that external experience of, okay, I keep getting ghosted We wanna flip the script on that and now make it about ourselves. Okay, if I keep getting ghosted, how may I, may be, maybe I'm ghosting myself. How may I be doing that? Am I ghosting my needs, my wants, my desires? I would get so excited when someone would give me this attention And if I like them, I would just ghost everything about myself. I would completely shape shift into whoever I thought they were going to like. And what that does is we ghost our own center, forget about our own energy. We throw it out the window. And then we start to energetically chase that other person. And anything we chase, whether it's a bug or it is a boy, that thing is going to start to run away from us. And I think the the biggest thing is realizing there's nothing wrong with you. It's how you're projecting and using your own energy that's causing these results to repeatedly manifest.
0: I completely agree with that, And right? I always, you know, I've been the girl who's attracted all the guys who wanted, they wanted to get married, mm-hmm. you know, or stay long-term with me. Whereas I was like, okay, I did this period of growth mm-hmm. or- I know this is gonna sound really intense, but I also did like detox and deeply. And I had a shamanic friend of mine tell me, you know, when you detox a specific uh, dense energies and vampiric energies via like a parasite cleanse, you are you seeing more in energy, which I know, but you also lose people who are parasitic um, on some level too. So I noticed like my breakups often, were around when there was a lot of detox and spiritual work. I felt like I was just, you know, here, like in energy. And I wasn't in alignment with my, you know, partner anymore. So I was like, okay, there needs to be that split. Yeah, it's going to hurt some, but I'm welcomed. I welcome that. And I'm on my journey. So it's really interesting how when we do elevate our energy field, we attract like a more elevated partner and we also kind of just let go of what's not for us and what's not in alignment for us and where I'm going here it's is that i think it's really important to take a space from dating and being with anyone and just be with yourself and find that happiness that joy bliss within yourself and get there and then for the universe god source whatever you want to call it the cosmic energies to manifest that person into your life i and i always tell people you know they're so desperate they're like down here energetically they have detoxing to do spiritual work to do and they're like i want somebody in like you don't want somebody right now because if you get somebody right now you're going to get somebody at your level who has all this work to do and you guys are your shadows are going to come up you're going to clash So no, you don't stop, you know, stop, um, thinking that you need somebody right now. You need you right now. You you might think you're looking for your twin flame. I'm sure at some point you will be looking for your soulmate, your true soulmate, but you, your twin flame soulmate you're looking for right now. I don't believe it's another person because you're right here. I believe it's your, your soul, your, your, your soul self. Once you find that, yeah, you can go on the twin flame soul journey. But once you're whole within your soul self, and a lot of those people are broken. And I wanted just to get your opinion on that as a coach in this field of like, okay, the whole twin flame to soulmate thing. But when people are low frequency, I notice a lot of low frequency people who have a lot of healing to do are searching desperately. And I'm like, when I ask the, when I ask, um, I I get that they're in need of finding their soul right now, not their twin flame or soulmate. And I wanted to get your opinion on that.
1: Yeah, no, I remember I had a breakup that really started my whole entire spiritual awakening and it's what led me here. But I remember when I was the most reliant on having a partner, I was also the most lost. I also was the most just upset with myself, the only identity I had at that time was being a girlfriend. So of course, if that's how I'm getting my connection, that's how I'm getting my validation, that is my identity. Of course, that's what I'm going to be the most obsessed with because it's it's meeting all of these needs. Who wasn't meeting my needs? Myself. And I think that we look, we look outside of ourselves. We look outside of ourselves. We're kind of trained to look outside of ourselves, to get the dopamine, to get the love, to get the connection. When really, again, use your external to help you find your internal, but don't rely on the external. Because there's only so much that external can give us. When you feel like you are in need of a partner, that's when you actually need yourself. When you feel like, you're doing good you don't need a partner but you would like one that's when i think you're at a better headspace you're in a better energy that you could actually handle that other person but i think we're just we sleep on ourselves i i always think about you know my soul came all the way to planet earth and incarnated incarnated in this body and then i tried to ignore who i was for like 20 years 20 something years what the hell was I doing? I am this person. I get to wake up with me every single day. I go to sleep with me every single day. It would be such a shame, a sham and a pity if I spent my whole entire life looking at other people and forgot to pay attention to who I actually came here to be. And I also think, you know, one day you may get married or find a partner, have kids, whatever it may be you may never get this self sacred time with just you and you ever again we have to take advantage of the time that we have with ourselves and looking back at first i was trying to run away from this sacred self time where i was just discovering me and being with me and i look back at it now and i'm like wow those were the best moments of my life because they always say in order to get over someone, get under someone new. I think that's wrong. I say in order to get over someone, get into yourself. When I was having these self dates every single day, which by the way, I'm in a relationship. I still date myself because this is the person I can't lose. And if you're listening to this, I'm pointing out myself. This is the person. It's me. I can't lose her because when we lose ourselves and we rely only on that identity of a partner, I think then we get into really tricky waters. Mm -hmm. Our needs cannot just be met by that person. We need to diversify how we're getting our needs met. So if we feel like I need a partner in order to feel, what? What is it that you need to feel from this partner? Is it the love? Is it the validation? Is it the connection? And then ask yourself, okay, obviously this is a need that's not being met. Can I give this to myself? How? And here goes the self-exploration where you get to dive into yourself. What really matters to me? What do I really value? And I'll tell you, when I first got out of that breakup and I was starting to spiritually awaken, but I really knew nothing. And I was just going out every single weekend trying to numb the pain because I did not want to even look at it even a little bit. The people I aligned with were so much lower in vibration at first. and As I was healing, the people I was aligning with were higher in vibration. They literally transformed better personalities. I remember one of the first guys I aligned with, I went to his house and I remember seeing that there was a book on his like table that was trying to prove that God didn't exist. And I remember seeing that and I was like, I got to get the hell out of here. (laughs) I was like, no, 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 no. And he was just like a very dark person. One of the first things he said to me was like very dark. But in my head at that time, I was thinking, oh, this is someone I can heal. That should not be how you're thinking about dating. If there's someone you should heal, it's you. Right. That's so funny because
0: there's a saying that, you know, if men have books in their house, then you should date them. Well, not those sort of
1: books. (laughs) That's the one book that you should definitely check to see if they have and then get out.
0: Some other books too. Like I've noticed guys who are very shallow having books like, um, about how to get a girl, you know, in bed, things like Mm -hmm. that. Like books like, what are you reading? Why are you reading this? This is like ridiculous. Like go read some, you know, deep stuff about, you know, evolving yourself and becoming more spiritual or understanding, you know, understanding, um, why you have negative patterns, things like that. But I've noticed that with guys, it's so funny because I'm, I'm such an observer and I will with my girlfriends, like if I see the, you know, if I go to the guy's house and I'm invited there, I look at like, what books do they have And a lot of these guys just have books about how to get a girl and, and, you know, it's like with manipulation games. And I'm like, Mm. that's a big red flag there. Yeah. Yeah, Don't date those sort of guys, girls. Just don't. We both will tell them that. (laughs)
1: Yeah. If they're relying on tricking you into their bed or into their home, that's not the best route. There's so many other routes. Why choose that one?
0: Right. It's like, no, it's only a shallow guy who's gonna be doing stuff like that. And there's no excuse. I mean, I've had guys try to tell me, oh yeah, that's how man is. Like, no, that's not Mm -hmm. how man is. That's, don't give me that excuse. But you know, I think it's a, also, you know, it's also a big red flag for me. And I, I told some of my girlfriends this, because I have girlfriends of all walks of life. I have girlfriends who are shamans. I have girlfriends who are, you know um coaches who are not even spiritual because i love everyone and i like have friends all over the world but some of my girlfriends who tend to go out and you know you know party sometimes i tell them i'm like never pick up a guy guy at a bar and i i wanted to get your you on this and your theory on this because for me if there's a guy at a bar it's usually kind of a red flag for me that he's either going there for a hookup or he's going there because he's got a lot of emotional problems and he's trying to drink them away Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like a red flag for me a guy at a bar and
1: Mm -hmm. I don't know what you feel about that so yeah okay let's get into it so I think it depends because a lot of guys I see them go out in groups and it's not always um maybe someone's first choice of that group to go to a bar it might not be like that's how they want to spend all of their time but they happen to be in this larger group so i think it depends i grew up on long island and new york city is a big night scene so i've met all different types of people out at night. Some were higher in vibration, some were more into outdoorsy things and going out to bars, but we happen to meet. I think it depends where you live. I also think it depends on the consistency of how often mm-hmm. they're going out. That's if it's- Yeah, yeah. If it's every weekend, and this is like their main thing that they're doing, if they're the ringleader of that group, and they're constantly going out to me, I'd be like, okay, yeah, that is a red flag. If they happen to do it every now and again, we're humans, we're going to have the human experience. I don't think that is necessarily a red flag. However, are they reliant on it? are they reliant on going out is that their only way they can talk to women is that the only way they can put themselves out there ah. what need is it fulfilling for them that's what I would want to know exactly and I agree with you because you know when
0: I go to Europe like if I go to England I have some great friends who sometimes on a weekend they'll go and they'll have a pint but they're really good guys and they're really mature and good guys I think it's more here in America like, it was just recently in California and I was talking to one of my girlfriends about this because she's like, oh, these guys here, you know, at the bars, they're really shallow and they're, they just have all these emotional issues. So I do believe like you're, what you're saying to it's, you know, where you're at is also yeah. important when it comes to this. Um, I, you know, for me, it's like, okay, I probably would prefer to find a guy that's helping at a local charity you know, <laughs> who's put together a group to help the elderly yeah. people in his town because they need help on some level. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, that's where I'd be looking more than, you know, at a bar, specifically in the United States. And I feel like to us women just kind of need to encourage men to start to to do shamanic healing and to start to do energetic healing and just to to really start to have communication which is a big one in america because yeah. i grew up i'm dual nationality i grew up partially in france partially in america and then of course i have lived in england for three and a half years and have traveled to europe many times and i'm like wow european people are way better communicators than the american men while well, the european men are way better communicators I think we just here in the United States need to like open up, help men open up to these things. And how would you recommend that for, you know, cause I know, Hey, finding a guy, finding a partner, you know, you're going to have your list, but what if you're already with a guy who, and you're married to him or you've been in a long-term relationship with him and you have had the spiritual awakening and you're with this person and you don't want to break up and you guys are long-term in it. How would you suggest like getting your partner to open up to these things?
1: That's literally my life. That's what happened to me. So I was with (laughs) someone for three years and then we broke up and that started my spiritual awakening. But now that we got together again, we got back together after a year of being apart and again for three years again. And i i'm a completely different person i mean so is he and i'm really into spiritually awakening and all the energy things and he's not and i noticed that when i would try to force it that never works It, it doesn't work that way and they say you can lead a horse to water but you can't make it drink you can however inspire it to become thirsty and so i say don't force inspire inspire your partner by showing up as the best version of you show them what reading those books does to you show them what doing a shamanic healing did for you and invite them like you would invite them to a party and me and my partner we went to something called Shosugi bond and we did a mini retreat and i wasn't like, we have to do this or else we're done. I was like, look, this looks really cool. I would love to do this together. And when it's more of an invitation and you plan it together, I think that really opens them up. And once they go, the experiences will speak for themselves. They'll be moved. We ended up both crying for like four hours on this little retreat that we did because it was so healing and like so expanding. Yeah. And I think that you really want to think about it in terms of how can I show up as my best self? And when you do that, your reality is going to start to shift. How can I be an inspiration of the things that I'm learning? I even see it with my family members. As I started to learn things and awaken, so did they. And so it's really about Take responsibility over what you're projecting and what you're feeling and let everyone mold at their own pace. I also noticed that in general, I've seen it a lot more that divine feminine energies tend to awaken first, especially in relationships with divine masculine energies, they Mm -hmm. tend to go first. And also, you know, thinking about what you said before about the European men being better at opening up and communicating with my partner, something that I noticed is that I was, I mean, just projectile vomit emotions all the time. That's just how (laughs) I grew up. So I had to learn how to like communicate that better. And he had to learn how to open up. But I noticed that one of the things that I did that actually made it harder for him to open up is as soon as he said something I would be like super critical or I would just overpower by being too loud because again that's what I saw I thought if you were yelling at each other that was like great communication everyone so I also had to take responsibility for how I reacted to when he spoke and I think about it sometimes if he's having an emotional day for that moment, I might have to shift into my masculine energy where I'm actually holding a safe space for my partner to speak and be heard rather than me trying to just blow them out with my voice. Does that make sense? That makes sense.
0: And you know, I think too, this little pattern of yelling on each other, it comes from a lot of childhood stuff, you know, where parents just yelled on us and, yeah. So then we our nervous systems and our system just thinks this is normal to yell on people to be yelled at. Mm-hmm. And it's not at <laughs> all. It's
1: not and you
0: know, I, I did so much healing because as a child I was yelled on so much. Mm-hmm. I did so much healing. So I'm not a person who yells, but it's really interesting, you know, I If somebody ever yells on me, I have this like red alert that this isn't normal. Like not yelling is normal. Talking things through is normal. Yelling and being angry and having, or just even, I think there's a different way of that some people, instead of yelling, they have this thing where they're just silent, but you could feel like they're holding this stuff Mm -hmm. against you, but then it's a lot of their own stuff that they need to heal. And so I experienced that too, and it's like energetic yelling. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's literally that you're energetically yelling. Something's wrong. Oh, I'm okay. No, you're not okay. And there's that communication issue coming up. So these are like a lot of the things that I think that in America in relationships, like wow. It's, it's not normal and we shouldn't yell at each other. We should be loving towards each other and hold space for each other. We shouldn't hold negative energies towards each other in relationships. So we should sit there and say, Hey, I'm hurt or this hurt me. And I'm not going to be passive aggressive or aggressive, but Hey, let's talk about, you know, coming to a compromise and happy medium between us. And these are some of the important things in a relationship that yeah, in America, I think it's way more intense for a lot of people because we're not having that. We don't have any, um, how can I put this? We don't literally have anything to, that taught us these things. We haven't learned it in school. We haven't learned it from our parents. We haven't learned it anywhere. So we're. I think people are just really lost in relation When it comes to the realm of relationships, they're just very, very
1: lost. Yeah, it, it's difficult. And Cause I remember the first like fight we had, and this was like six and a half years ago. It's so long ago now. But I remember when he didn't yell back, I literally thought to myself, oh, he must not really like me. Like he just doesn't care. And I didn't have the understanding then of, oh, wait, no, 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 no. This is someone who grew up in a completely different culture. He's Latino. I am, my mom's uh, Italian, my dad's Russian. I grew up with very loud noises, just very loud voices in general. He did not. It was just very different. And I think that we, we almost hurt ourselves more because we have these little sticky notes in our head of what certain experiences mean. And when he didn't yell back, I didn't process that as, oh, he didn't grow up that way. Oh, he's trying to process his emotions. I processed it as, oh, he just doesn't actually like me that much. This probably won't work. Where is his passion? That was my thought. And and that is so far off. And I think we, I think a lot of us do this. I think the downfall of a lot of relationships is not even about our partner, but the meanings we ascribe to our partners and the meanings we ascribe to our situations and if you are someone who is more immediately vocal what i now tell myself is and i told this to him i use it as a tool but I remember in high school, I would do my makeup in the morning. I would get to school and my face was orange and my neck was very white. And I was like, oh my God, what is this? I didn't know makeup oxidizes. And I noticed my emotions would do the same thing. I'd be like so hot and heavy and upset. And then like an hour later, I did not care anymore. So I realized that taking yellow light, which is what I call it, meaning taking 20 minutes to an hour, even overnight, taking that time to go take a shower, to go wash your face, to just take a walk. And letting your emotions, this energy and motion, move through your body a little bit, that will allow you to communicate so much better. Where you're not screaming and crying, you can actually get your message across. You feel better. You don't hurt your partner in the heat of the moment, and you actually allow that conflict to make you and this person have a stronger connection.
0: I agree with that. You know, I use this technique with people around me. You know, when they get angry. I'm like, okay, I understand you're angry. I understand I may have done something that you were angry about, but go take that walk and I will allow me to have my space. And then let's come back, and, you know, once we're both calm and talk, because I think that when there's anger, there's a a sort of like a buildup of dense energy and you're in a state of fight or flight. You're going to yell. You're going to act out in ways you probably aren't going to like later on. And you're going to cause some damage to that connection, whether it's a friendship or relationship. So I always encourage, you know, people to take a walk and I've done it many, many times. I'm like, it doesn't matter if it takes you the whole day, you know, just take that space from that other person and then come back when you are actually feeling stable within yourself and you can address that in such a more mature manner than if you're in that state of fight or flight because you're so angry and I think that that's so important nowadays I just see people triggered left and right about anything even you probably get them where there's people just triggered about something you say and there's that whole state of like react right now anger or react you know in, in kind of a very argumentative way. And instead of doing that, I think even for the internet now, this is good advice of like, okay, you see something you don't agree with, or you don't like, you can walk away. You don't have to interact. You don't have to like, you know, but also look where's that, where's that trigger coming from? It's not coming from what you saw and you disagree with from a person online you don't know from Adam and Eve, it's coming from something in your nervous system they also feel like same thing in relationships. A lot of things coming up for people, it's coming from their childhood trauma. It has, sometimes it has nothing to do, they will have a loving partner and that partner will just like do a lot for them, but all this stuff will come up and it's literally their triggers and their unhealed stuff that's coming up. And I feel like I've seen that quite a few times in relationships too with people around me, friends of mine, where there was one partner who was like, holding the space and w- had done so much work It was just very loving and giving. And the other partner was like, every small thing was just like horrendously, horrific, truly triggering to them. Mm-hmm. So I do feel like going back to do sh- either shamanic healing or even like book in work with a coach like you mm-hmm. to do healing so that you can clear those triggers out is very, very important.
1: Yeah, because you can't be triggered if there's not already something within you that is hurting it's like a a sunburn right now i can touch my skin and i don't have any hurt but if i already have a sunburn there and then i touch my skin yeah then it's gonna hurt me so our triggers they didn't fall from the sky (laughs) they have been within (laughs) us for a very very long time and i think that the first time someone experiences being deeply triggered it's just obvious like, oh, this person did it to me. So it's something about them. It's something that they're doing to me when really they can't trigger it unless it's already within you. And so that's just an invitation, triggers are teachers. That's an invitation for you to explore yourself. Well, what about this bothers me? Where have I felt like this before. I really think our relationship with our caregivers, oh my god, it really dictates. Oh my don't even get me started on relationships, but everything. <laughs> like it really dictates everything. And the messy thing about this, I think, is it can be something so small it could be you're an older sibling and then your parent has a younger child and you feel abandoned by them and so it then you start creating all these little meanings and you're a little innocent child you're making age-appropriate meanings you really do feel like they're leaving you really do feel like you're rejected it's not your fault for making that meaning you're a child trying to understand an adult world what are you supposed to do but try to make those deductions?
0: And it gets to the point where if you don't take care of those things, they get really bad. Not only like do they get bad in your relationships, I knew this one guy, mm-hmm. he's like was triggered by sound, like even the literal sound. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my god, you could just say something nice to him. He's like, I'm just I've just been triggered by your voice. Like <laughs> he's <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> like, oh, I was like, are you okay? <laughs> what? It, I'm just here like, do you, you know, I got mm-hmm, you some food or something because I knew he was going, he needed <laughs> healing and he was just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so we got it like, we've got to definitely do our healing because triggers can get you to that point of where you're like a recluse. I know so many people are recluses. They lock themselves like in rooms playing games all day because mm-hmm. they're triggered by everything and they just can't deal with, with anything in society and they literally just yeah they're stuck in that sort of prison of being alone and it's really a a big subject right now triggers because they affect our relationships our health they affect friendships and obviously if we don't heal them we will you know become those people that are locked in rooms playing video games all day (laughs) to somebody we don't know across the world because we want to connect but we're too scared to connect in person
1: yeah so we're connecting all that
0: video game talking to some random
1: it's so true it's so true and it's like if you need to take a beat and take a breath do what you need to do but then you got to get back out there because yes. if you don't look at your own triggers and you don't use them as invitations you're gonna be walking around and every step you take it's gonna feel like there's rocks in your shoes it's for your own benefit to stop blaming the world and start just looking within that's that's it that's it just start you don't need to get mad at yourself just get curious oh that's interesting this person did this to me and i absolutely hate them like why like why do we hate them what's going on it's for your own benefit and to me I find triggers really empowering because I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. this other thing about myself I didn't even know, something to heal. So I can use that dense energy, transmute it into lighter energy so I can walk around with wings rather than weights. That's empowering. Like you get to heal yourself. That's empowering. This is something that should be exciting, not something that, you know, does put us in our room with the video games, curtains closed. That's not the route we want to take. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, no, no, no. Get some water, hydrate, and get back out there. <laughs> like, you got this.
0: <laughs> so, I wanted to ask you, like, what is one of the top um, suggestions you have to make yourself magnetic?
1: <laughs> oh, I love this. Let me, I want to give a good one because I think about these all day and I just get so excited about them. I really think that my message for how to make yourself magnetic, what can you do starting today? I'm really into actionable steps that we can take right now, right here. And really, it's to put yourself on your own pedestal. And how do you how do you get to like someone? How do you get to know someone? You have to hang out with them. So if you want to put yourself on the pedestal, and you want to become this magnetic energy, that's going to be really hard if you never spend time with yourself, if you have no idea who you happen to be. You think about friends. How do you really get to love one of your good friends? You spend a lot of time with them. So if you want to be magnetic, the root of being magnetic is having this intense love for yourself because you, you no longer are seeking outside of yourself yourself seeking outside of yourself instead you're just embodying and showing up and that's what's so magnetizing about someone who is magnetic but how can we show up feeling fulfilled if we have no idea what we are who we are what we want what we don't like all of that so if you want to put yourself on the pedestal you want to be magnetic get to know yourself how do you actually do that You date yourself and I don't care how you date yourself. You can do it in any way you want, but date yourself. It can be, One of my personal favorites is I go to this harbor near my house and I take my journal, I take my book. Sometimes I'm hysterically crying doing a meditation. Sometimes I happen to meet someone there and we have a beautiful conversation. It doesn't matter. Just bring your stuff, go in nature. You can do a hike. You can go to the grocery store, get some ingredients together, cook a new meal. You can sign up for a new class. All of these things are exploring you and then you get to find out, okay, example i signed up for yoga i love yoga i signed up for pottery not my thing but i would have never known that if i didn't just try right Mm -hmm. and all
0: these things build self-love like you know making yourself a cup of tea and sit in there and taking your supplements and taking a epsom salt bath and Mm -hmm. you know i feel like even me when i'm like interest in pretty dresses or things that make me happy or get my nails done and they're all sparkly i'm like oh here i love you sarah i take care of the inner i take care of the outer i balance that and here you know this is self-love so i feel like there are different facets of self-love like taking care of our energy field meditation taking our care of our physical body with like yoga Mm -hmm. um you know exercise also taking it as women I think we need to embrace like dressing in very feminine clothing and doing things like getting our nails done and dressing up because that's something that you know is very feminine and that's something that's okay and I think in our culture it's been taught as like maybe oh you know you're fake or shallow if you dress up if you wear makeup I'm sorry but yeah a lot of days I don't wear makeup and my friends obviously around here know this and I But there's days when I just like wearing high heels and putting makeup on and I love it, you know, and I feel like I, I'm, I've embraced my, my femininity to the point of where, Hey, I, I love doing this for myself. No, even if nobody sees me that day because I'm in here cooking or doing things, I'm still like happy because I dress myself up and that's part of my self-love routine.
1: And I think people have forgotten about self-care, and I break this down in two different ways. I think people think, oh, that's so simple, that's not going to work. No, it literally works. So I break it down as soul care, and that's when I'm going to do a meditation or some sort of breath work, or maybe I do need to book a session with a shaman. That That's when I need some really internal twisting and turning some soul work to replenish my energy. Then I have this self-care. So soul care versus self-care. Self-care is when I do my face mask. Maybe I watch the Kardashians. It's a yeah, guilty pleasure of mine. I love dating reality television. I swear it helped me heal so much. It, I just think there's These magic. I,
0: I love comedies. I can- Literally, literally, love comedies. I will watch them all the time.
1: I feel like it's so
0: laughter. Yeah. And it's like, okay, like, you know, I feel like too, maybe in the awakened community, we've got to a point of it's where, like, oh, you're not spiritual if you wear makeup. You're Mm -hmm. not spiritual if you dress in something sexy. You're not spiritual if you watch TV sometimes. You're not Mm -hmm. spiritual if you, you dye your hair blonde. And it's funny because I'm here and I'm like, Oh, I'm pushing the boundaries. Like, Hey, listen, I'm very spiritual, but I'm doing these things and that doesn't make me less spiritual. And I'm sorry. I don't agree that you have to be in the middle of the forest, (laughs) literally not shaving your, your shaving yourself to be spiritual. I think that that's taken it way too far. And that's also splitting us off from incorporate in spirituality into modern day society with people who have nine to five jobs that Mm -hmm. you know are women who are wearing makeup and high heels and things like that which is completely feminine and okay but to tell them that that's not okay that's not spiritual it's like no that's wrong because god loves you no matter what how you look god is love and god loves you even if you decide to have a pink mohawk and this is like being been a big message of mine in this community of, Hey, yeah, I'm the girl who's not, I'm not sitting there with feathers in my hair everywhere. And I'm part native American. I'm not going to dress in these robes and go pose in the forest. So I can, cause so I can seem above you, especially, Hey, I wear blue jeans as you can see. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I also meditate, but I also do very feminine stuff. And I balanced my physical life with my spiritual life. And this is the message I'm putting out there that we can do that. Not that you need to not shave and go to the jungle and completely just sit in the jungle. And that's the only way to be close to God because it's not.
1: I totally agree. Cause if you think about it, how could I not be spiritual? If I am a spirit living this temporary earthly experience, I can't, I literally don't even know how to disconnect from my spirit. It's always there yeah right. I, I i agree what are we doing
0: though we're telling people like i was I was, earlier i had an interview with chad olinger from the discovery channel the they, they have a show called um, the blind frog ranch on there and i had an interview right before you know ours here and i was talking about this we were talking about homeless people and think about us think about the waking community just present no you need to go to to Peru or whatever on a spiritual journey, that's the only way to get there. But no, that homeless guy under the bridge, because we were talking about how to deal with the homeless issue, specifically in LA. That homeless guy over the under the bridge is a spirit, and he can build up his energy just by channeling rainbow light coming into him, pouring into him, and that'll bring his frequency up, change his reality. And I feel like we need to start presenting spirituality in that way. It doesn't matter if you're working at a nine to five job, it doesn't matter where you're at, you still have access to God because your spirit is part of God. And you can tap into that
1: at any moment of any second of the day. So thank you. For yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. Cause to me, being spiritual is just whatever's authentic to your spirit. So I can't tell you how you're supposed to be authentic. No, I don't know what your authenticity is. That's, that's up to you to figure out. That's why go date yourself. But th- that <laughs> is, <laughs> but it's so true. Like there is no one way to be spiritual, whatever your right. spirit is, connect to that. That's going to be authentic to you. And I, I'm someone who likes variety. Okay. So I like to see people living out their spiritual lives in different ways. That's what makes it fun. Mm-hmm. Imagine everyone was the same. We would be so bored. We would be so oh bored. Yes, we would be robots, <laughs> just bored robots with no purpose. And that would be boring to me.
0: I completely agree with this. And this is the beauty of it, is that in the end too, God doesn't see one as more spiritual than the other. God sees us as all the same and loves us all the same. So there's no competition here. Whether, you know, you sit with blue jeans or you have a million feathers on, God loves you equally. So we don't need to have any.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I doubt God has a uniform for us. Like You know what I mean? We're allowed to exist.
0: White robe, (laughs) according
1: (laughs) to religion. Yeah, you won't find me in that unless it's my bathrobe, which is white and very fluffy. But besides that, you won't find me in a white robe ever. Very boring, huh? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Simple pastels and.
1: Yeah, rainy, like
0: colors. Yes. Like rainbow colors. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's so, I think it's so awesome that to me, clothing is one of the ways you get to express your spirit. So to suppress it through this idea that you have to look a certain way in order to be spiritual, that really only hurts us. And if anything, it, it damages us from speaking out and feeling comfortable and expressing ourselves and that it's just no matter if you're trying to spiritually awaken or date the best thing you can do for yourself is find out what feels authentic to you and even if what feels authentic to you changes over time it probably will you're changing as a human that's fine but being in touch with yourself and having I wouldn't even say having the confidence to do this, but doing it anyway, showing up authentically anyway, because you might not have the confidence yet to do it. Who cares? Show up as however you wish to show up anyway. And over time, you'll gain confidence from that experience anyway.
0: I completely, completely
1: um, am in alignment with this. Me too. (laughs) So
0: there's something else I wanted to tap on too. So, you know, when I went, when I'm in your life, men the girls can dress in mini skirts or you know very beautifully and the men still respect them i come to the united states and it's like okay we got these codes of if you dress a certain way you are not respected and how do you feel like that because i know when it comes to dayton like it's a lot there's a lot with that and i feel like for me a big red flag is a guy who's like Oh, that woman is dressed, that girl's dressed this way. So that's a big red flag of like, okay. Mm -hmm. For me, that's a big red flag to that guy saying that about that girl, because I think that a good guy is not going to be like that. And my good guy friends, you can be in a bikini around them and they will respect you and they're not being weird or creepy. And they actually still see me as a human being well, as a multidimensional goddess and they're not acting weird to me. And I think it's been a bit of big red flag for men to say, okay, women should be treated like, you know, um, less dateable or I've had men tell me that it was that when they see a women, woman who, or a girl who's dressed, you know, more very sexy, oh, she's just good for a one night stand. And that to me is a big red flag of like, wow, really? That's, that's terrible. I had this experience. Um, where they were doing some filming back in the day. And they were doing it in, I think, Italy, if I remember right. And some of the American guys went to Italy that they were filming. Mm-hmm. And they were sitting at this uh, cafe and they saw this whole group of girls walk by in mini skirts. And they they implied that they were sex workers. They were like, oh, look at that, and those sex workers. And the the people from the village where they were, the village literally that were sitting in the cafe, were like, don't say that. Those are the college girls and that's how they dress over here. And they are not sex work, sex workers. And you guys need to respect women. They told that to the group of American guys. And I feel like that that's also kind of maybe goes back to the whole religious thing of, oh, a woman should cover her entire body or she doesn't deserve to be a wife or respected or honored or treated well. And I know that that plays really big into Dayton. So, what can you tell me about that? What is if, your
1: views on this? Yeah, if someone's gonna judge me for my clothes rather than my character, I don't want you in my life anyway. Because, exactly. <laughs> like, I I don't have time for <laughs> that. I just don't have time for that. And I think it's funny because I always dress more. I guess I just had more skin showing. I I love this is my body. I'm going to celebrate her every single day. And I love that. I love dressing in feminine dresses and feminine clothing. And if I'm showing a little more skin, that's just what I'm doing. There's no other meaning attached to that. There's no, she's a this, she's a that. No, no, no. This is what I'm doing. There's no other meaning attached. And when I had someone in my life who was very opposite of me. We got along great, but she dressed very covered up because she had the same thoughts of, well, if I dress like you, I'm gonna get men who are just using me for my body, whatever it may be. And what was so interesting is we both aligned with many men, but the men she would align with would just use her for her body, and the men I aligned with were always these amazing people who didn't care about that, they were so loving. I wouldn't sleep with any of them, we would be have these great connections. Meanwhile, she would align with these men who were so judgmental. And I think that when you're projecting what you believe about other women and yourself and your own body and how we have to dress, you're going to align with other people who are aligning with your body. Beliefs. And that's how you create your reality because you're literally attracting it towards you. So, me and her, we dressed very differently. But that didn't mean I aligned with men who, you know, judged me or didn't like me. I saw them out there. I've, I've talked to them. I've spoken to them. I see them. They're everywhere. But that doesn't mean that's all that there is. And I really think because. I personally, I'm very intentional with my intimacy. I I really don't want your energy in my body if I really don't know you. (laughs) So like to me, I was like, I have enough shit to work on. I can't take it. So for me, I was always very intentional with that. And I would have these great connections where they weren't judging me based off of what I wore. They just loved me for me. And we just enjoyed each other's time because we enjoyed each other's time. So I think that... I, I've, there's part of that patriarchal idea embedded in us because we grew up in society. And so yes. if you can ratify those beliefs within yourself and start coming to terms with, I'm going to dress whatever makes me feel best. That in itself is a magnetic hack because if I were to go out in a robe that covered my whole entire body, I wouldn't feel good. It wouldn't make me feel good because it's not in alignment with me. And therefore that cuts off that magnetic energy. It dampens it like a wet towel. So if I am to go out and I want to be magnetic, we have to dress whatever feels the best to us so if that is more covered up because that's really what you like or it's not because that's really what you like it doesn't really matter when you dress in what makes you feel the best you're gonna align with the best possible people for you and I will say on the internet, it's like crazy sometimes because I really love love and I don't want us to have negative beliefs about men or women. I want us to be able to connect to one another. And there's part of the internet that's really scary called like the manosphere. And then there's a part of the internet that's like ultra, ultra feminist and all these ideas. And I think that both of those are are really brainwashing people and telling them how they have to think um and what they have to think and i think that is what skews our our dating life because these people talking they get millions and millions of views they're infiltrating people's minds if you can disconnect from what everyone's telling you and instead think, well, how do, how do I feel about this person? How do I feel about this connection? That's going to help you taking it back to yourself.
0: That's a good point. You know, I feel like the same thing, like there's so much online. There's like so much like chaos, and people arguing, people being unkind. And I like don't like connecting to that. I think I've had like a pretty intense journey myself in the awakened community with oh, awakened men that weren't that were you know behind the scenes really negative and trying or exploiting girls for you know sex and things like that while being on stage and saying oh hey you know like oh I honor the divine feminine but they were like really really like oh if you're dressed that way just because you deserve it you know I had one of them He actually was friends with Harvey Weinstein and he was like, Oh, yeah, Mm all those girls, you know, that um, they deserved it. And Harvey should be in gel and things like that. So it was like a really interesting journey for me and learning experience. Um, But the point I'm trying to get to here is like navigating was that navigating that taught me a lot. And it also taught me to embrace myself. So it was like, Okay, listen, if you're being negative to me, Uh, This guy's being negative to me, it's that person, it's them, it has nothing Mm -hmm. to do with me. And I also, you know, I go back to the belief system that everyone deserves respect, no matter how they look, no matter, you know, as long as you're not harming another person, I respect you and you deserve that from me. And I think we should respect and honor and be kind to everyone around us and ourselves. And usually, if you're not doing it to others, you're not doing it to yourself, like you spoke about earlier. But this whole thing of like covering up, and that's the only way that you will get respect is ridiculous. Because if you go back, talk about the goddess, and I do a lot of work with the quote goddess energies and goddess consciousness because I embody that that's helped me to be a powerful goddess along this journey whom like some insanity (laughs) you went through. Um you go back to the goddess, she's always depicted in sheer clothing. If you go back to ancient Egypt, she has sheer clothing on, she has makeup on, yet she the great goddess Isis, yet she's respected and honored by her fellow gods, immortals Mm. like her, respect her and honor her. So it's like, okay, like if we're going to go into this whole goddess thing in the awakened spiritual community, let's look at the fact that the great Isis was wearing sheer clothing and she was respected. So, no, it wasn't about covering up. It was about being your true self. And... I believe that more that we're our true selves, we see people in a beautiful manner, rather than judging everything about them. And when you start to judge everything about them, again, that's a you problem, not Mm -hmm. a me problem.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) absolutely. freaking And I think that, you know, what you're hating on in other people is what you hate on in yourself. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. what does it actually say about you if you're judging someone for what they're wearing? Like, what, why does that make you so uncomfortable? What is that bringing up for you? That's what I'm really curious about because I think people just get so obsessed with, you know, certain institutions and following it like so by the book. But then I'm like, well, who wrote the book? And what actually happened <laughs> over time? And wh- what was their real message? And that's really it's like unplugging from, you know, the matrix or the mainstream media and the books that all these things that you've read in just unplug for a second and just ask yourself, how does it actually feel for me? Cause I think that's like what so many of us are missing, like our own personal perspective. And we need to go back to that. Cause I think the world would be a lot more harmonious if we actually, instead of just listening, listening, listening to other people, just listen to ourselves for like maybe 80% 80% of the time, it would be helpful.
0: You know, it's so it's so crazy. It's like everyone's listening to everybody else telling them how they should be and they don't have that personal relationship like you were talking about with themselves, so they don't know themselves. Yeah. So it's like they're just waiting every way rather than being stable within themselves. And I think it's, it's like know thyself is really important right now in the world with like media telling you who you should believe, you know, who you should vote for, how you should look how you should be, what you should think, is like, no, disconnect from all of that and go spend some time with yourself and find yourself, which is very, very important. You no, know, I wanted to touch upon another, um, subject here. And I know, like I was going to say to the girls out there, I would say if a guy judges you on how you dress, that's a big red flag. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't entertain that. I myself don't entertain that sort of stuff. Um, I was gonna ask you about red flags. What are your main red flags that girls, you know, should avoid when it comes to guys? Like what sort Mm -hmm. of red flags are like the ones that are like, oh, you know, you can't just look past that.
1: Inconsistency. If they have inconsistency, run. Because there's nothing worse than a sailboat without sails. That's just floundering in the middle of the ocean, having no direction. If they're inconsistent with you, to me, that's a pattern that they're inconsistent in many other ways as well. And if you're confused about if someone likes you or not, that confusion is a sign in itself because when a masculine energy wants you you'll know they'll be pursuing oh, yeah. they will be texting yeah. they will be calling you you'll have yeah. no question you'll have no doubt i don't have to sit around and think like does my boyfriend actually like me i know for sure it's very evident so if you're confused it's probably because they're being inconsistent so if there's I- inconsistency get out of there you don't need a a just a headless chicken running around also if you notice it's not progressing so if it's not going from like texting to calling to facetime to hanging out to coffee dates to going out to dinner then seeing one another more and more frequently if there's not a progression and you're stagnant that is a red flag to me too because this means again this person doesn't really know where they want to take this. For me, I want someone who knows what they want, where they're going, or at least have some sort of direction in their life. I have a direction. I know in what direction I'm going. You should too, especially if you want to come along, or else you won't be able to keep up and I got to keep it moving and grooving. So if there's no progression and if there's not that consistency, I would really say that's a red flag. Think about it. If you're buying a house, you wouldn't go into the house that's like falling apart, barely together because that would be an unstable foundation. You would want the house that is built, maybe newly built. It has amazing construction. All the beams are up. We as Divine Feminines, we really want stability and this peaceful foundation. We want safety. So if they're an unstable building, you wouldn't walk into that in real life. So don't walk into it in your relationships either. We want that safety, that foundation. Because ultimately, Whatever you do in life, you're gonna want to be able to return to that safety energy again, especially as that divine feminine, and you want to uphold that so that that divine masculine can also be their best self. So that's what I would say: consistency and progression.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with this. It was also gonna ask for girls who want to get married: how long do you feel that they should? Um, I would say this to my girlfriends, if a guy doesn't want to marry you within the first year, it's pretty much kind of like, gonna, he might marry you in the future, but there's also a high possibility that he won't. Guys usually know who they want to marry within the first year. And I was going to ask, what you. what's your take on that? What do you feel
1: about that? I have to say, I have brothers, I have many cousins, I have guy friends every time I ask a guy how it works for them in their mind when they're dating. They always tell me they know right away. They know right away. And if they're telling you, I just don't really want anything serious. I don't really want to be dating. That's because they've already, and I'm sorry to say this girl, so just, you know, get some tea. But I'm sorry to say, if they're saying that to you, it's because they've already decided that you're not going to be in a relationship with them. They don't want a committed relationship with you. So I think that they try to, in their head, they think they're being kind by saying, I'm not looking for anything serious right now. The every guy I've ever asked, different ages, different walks of life, they always tell me they immediately know, or at least they know within like three months, they know if they want to marry you. So I understand that different relationships unfold in different ways, and maybe there's different timetables and whatever, but there at least should be a verbal commitment of some sort where they're telling you, especially for guys. Like I said, every single guy, I've never asked a guy where they were like, no, it takes me like seven months. No, they know with guys. It's very different. It's, there's a reason that you'll see a guy date a girl for like 10 years. And then the next relationship, he was in it for like three months and they get married. It's not about the time for them. It's about them deciding that this is either the person or it's not. So I really would just have that conversation, that communication. And again, you'll know, like you won't even have to bring it up because they will be, they're going to want to, this sounds weird, but they're going to want to like pin you down and really make sure that they're territorial. They are, they're going to want to make sure that they get you. So even if they're not like, I have the ring right now, they're going to be telling you, it's going to be very evident. They're going to be making the safe space around you so that they get you. So I I agree. Yeah, I agree. As somebody
0: who's been engaged a couple of times myself, and it sounds Mm -hmm. terrible, I cut it off. (laughs) I like like the runaway bride. Um, I can, you know, I can vouch to this, that, yeah, they know right away. And I would say, I I like the Taylor Swift Swift song, I'm the problem. (laughs) It, like, makes so it, it makes time, it fun. It makes fun. It's me that doesn't want to continue on. And then I have like these four like exes and we're still friends. And so they're still like, I love you. And mm-hmm. you know, like, I love you too. Not in that way anymore though. Um,
1: <laughs> I get it. I get um, it. I, I think for women, it is different though. It is different because I... The way divine feminines process their own emotions and their own life, we want to make sure that this partner can provide some sort of safety. And if they can't, whether it's emotional or physical, that's going to send us into our sympathetic nervous system. That's not going to make us feel safe. And therefore, we are going to have to be like, you know what? If this safety isn't here, we feel that intuitive hit. And we will want to be that runaway bride. It has That safety has to be there.
0: I mean, you know, actually too, in a way for me, there was that safety of like, this person's going to stay away with me for the rest of my life. It's just like, they are not the one. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like, It's just that feeling of like, oh my God. And there was some guilt at some point with that of like, oh my God, this person is so amazing to me, you know, and they are, they're totally in love with me, but I'm like feeling they're just not, the one.
1: Yeah.
0: And so, yeah, again, I, I said, like Taylor's so song, I'm the problem. But I do believe in divine union and divine love. And I do believe that we get to see what we want through a couple relationships and see what we don't want. Mm-hmm. And we get to that point of where we're just like, okay with ourselves. We're happy. We're achieving our dreams. And then we, you know, God sends us along who we're supposed to be with. I do also feel if you're on a spiritual journey, God's God's not going to give you a partner right away because you're going to be so focused on that partner and you're going to be in a happy relationship, so you're never going to go on your spiritual journey. So God's like, okay, I'll give you that at a certain point in life, but right now you're on your spiritual journey, so you can learn things. So that's been my experience, and just I've seen you know my friends experience this, and it's it's been a learning process. I was always, you know, I was a virgin till 24 and a half. So I've always been kind of Mm -hmm. hardcore. Like I'm not sleeping a guy for three with her, with a guy for three months. In those three months, Mm -hmm. you could show me if you're good or not. And you know, if you're good and I feel there's alignment, we could continue on. If you're not, you're not, you know, in those three months, Mm -hmm. I feel like it takes three months. And in psychology too, it says this for people's masks to come off. And I'm like, if you don't want to go and back in the day, my dog, walk my dog with me, or if you don't want to go to the grocery store, do simple things, then you are not it. I agree. Because relationships are way more than just like, you know, intimacy of sex. That's Mm -hmm. the thing. People don't, people are like, oh, I have chemistry. This must be it. No, there's a lot more to it than that. And I do feel like, you know, three months for my, in my advice, I would say to girls, wait three months, you know, make a man, wait three months. It's also proven psychologically um that he does not a guy does not literally tap into his emotions for a girl until three months in and I was reading some articles about this and it's funny because I've always made guys wait three months and mm-hmm. I'm like oh this makes sense okay after three months they're like because they've invested time and they, they put in that chase like you said you know mm-hmm. they, they want to chase so they put in that chase and they earned you so since they earned you they respect you If you give them it right away, I feel like they are not, they don't respect you. And this is a lot of my girlfriends that I tell them, like, don't go get like this guy, don't go get with this guy right away. You make that guy wait and you see if he's a good guy and make him wait at least, you know, two and a half, three months and see if he's in alignment with you. And he'll also respect you, you know? So that's just my opinion of this.
1: And what would you say about that? I completely agree because. For my life, like I said before, I'm very in- intentional with my intimacy. And I don't, you know, just hugging the mailman, you can get some of his energy on you. I don't want you entering my body and me getting all of this <laughs> yes. energy from you if I don't even know what kind of energy you have going on. Yes. So for me, I'm not going to just meet you at a bar and then we're going to go do something. That's not happening on my terms because I don't want all that energy. I also... um like to take my time just getting to know someone. So I am not like ripping off my clothes to me chemistry. What is it? It's chemicals in your brain. Okay. You feel something in your body. It doesn't mean it's a cosmic connection. It means you're feeling, you're feeling chemicals in your body. It's so worth it to take your time because you want to see, does this person chase me? Who are they really? Not just when they're drunk. First of all, you can't even really get to know someone when they're drunk. Anyway, you have to give yourself time to be intentional to see if this person even aligns with you what do they value what do they like what are their interests not that everything has to be perfectly the same but you need to see the person you're dealing with and i just saw so much in my life a lot of my friends would sleep with someone very quickly and i saw how it melded their mind they started to feel bad about themselves they started to have really negative thoughts about themselves and the more they did it, it's like the worse their thoughts about themselves Gosh. got. And I realized, oh, they're taking on the thoughts of the guys that they're sleeping yes. with. Yes. and that
0: energy. Yeah, we take on energy. So you're, thank you for saying this and bringing this up. We take on the energy of others. And yeah. if we're intimate with them, we really take on their energy. It's like, okay, if you're getting with a guy who is just a terrible guy, who feels terrible inside. Mm-hmm. you're going to pick all that up and you're going to feel that and you're going to feel really bad about yourself. And most likely he's an energy vampire and you are a target and he's giving you his bad energy and he's yeah. getting a feed off of your energy. And then you, you feel down. So you go to get that ego boosted mm-hmm. with somebody else and get their negative energy. Then it keeps totally like you're in the pits. Yes. Yeah. I've seen this happen too. Sadly, a lot of those that I
1: know. Yeah. I mean, cause again, it's, the external is so appetizing because we think, oh, it's out there. I can do it. And it's gonna make me feel better. The yeah. feeling better part, it's like sleeping with other people is just putting a band-aid on a bullet hole. It doesn't exactly. do what it needs to do. It doesn't go deep enough. If you want to heal that, you have to start looking within. And it's it's just crazy because you don't know these people. You don't know them and you don't know what they got going on. You don't know their energy, you don't know their traumas. And when you are picking up all of their traumas, all of your, their energy, it's like you just keep putting rocks in a backpack. Eventually, that backpack's going to take you down. Right. It's too heavy. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. I completely, completely am happy that you spoke about this subject because I feel like a lot of dating and relationship coaches don't know. Well, they don't bring this up and they are like, oh, it's some conspiracy thing or whatever. And that's fringe stuff we don't want to get into that so it's amazing you're bringing this up because it's such a big one and we do pick up you know things from our intimate partners Mm -hmm. and I talked about this somewhat before and I feel like this is a subject in the future that I'm going to address a lot more because I feel like if you you know from my personal experience I had this whole download of you sleep with somebody who has like an unhealthy liver because they drink all the time they got a lot of negative you know, attachments, energies in your liver is actually going to imprint on your healthy liver. So I was like going through this whole, like shamanic, like journey of being shown this. And I feel like that this is information that we need to get out there. Cause we have sadly these young girls going into hanging out at bars and these, you know, guys who are mm. have all those negative entities and energies and they're just like getting with them and they're losing their beautiful energy to these guys and this is something that needs to be addressed and I just know my personal experience that I've you know been targeted by some guys to have a lot of dense energies because I have good energy they targeted me and I could feel it like, I could feel like they're they wanted to do that switch of, of energy and I was like no healthy boundaries here no
1: this is mm-hmm. where I'm like
0: Joan of Arc this is where mm-hmm. yeah I and mean, I'm you know goddess of love and kindness but also I'm also Joan of Arc with my sword of like you are not bringing that you need to go heal it And you are not bringing your karma upon me. I will not do that for you. So this has been like a big learning experience, and I feel like a lot of this needs to. This information that I've gathered needs to be put out there to girls and to women so that they can learn. You know how energy works and how it's affecting them. Because I think that people just think, oh, it's a hookup. That's it. No, Mm -hmm. it's literally an energetic like karmic contract. Yeah, that's that's that can be really devastating.
1: (laughs) What I what I notice is. I slept with one guy too soon, and I've talked about this before, and it was the biggest learning curve for me. When I did this, it what I got, the liver thing is so cool that you picked up. What I picked up on is like – it was like I gave part of my energy away and I started to miss my own energy because we transferred our energy. I got some of his and he took some of mine. And it's like when you give your dog away or, or you go away from your dog, you start to miss your dog. I started to like energetically chase him and I thought it was about him. I thought it was like, oh, da, da. no, it had nothing to do with him. It was my own energy that I gave him that I was wanting back. That's why I always say, call your power back. I lovingly and peacefully call all of my power back to me now because when you give that energy away, you start to miss it. Like it's your dog and you, you would call your dog back. So call your energy back. I I think that's really important.
0: No, we're going over time on the podcast, but this is important. And I wanted to say something about this. Mm -hmm. Girls who go back to abusive partners are going back to those abusive partners, not because they want to be with them, but they're trying to get their energy back. I was told this Mm -hmm. in that shamanic, download that I had that they're just going to, to these guys over and over again, because these guys have a piece of their soul energy. So they need to do soul retrieval work. So thank you for, you know, expressing this, because like I said, this is information. I feel like that we're touching on that's not out there on a wider, bigger level. And it needs to get out there so that girls, and they can make better choices when it comes to who they're connecting with
1: yeah absolutely and every time i did make a TikTok about this i got so much reaction because i think people don't think about it and just nowadays everyone's like sleep with anyone and i'm i feel like we're not the majority when we're like no actually don't do that so so this is yeah yeah. it's actually inspiring me be careful who you give yourself to yes yeah Yeah. it's like you wouldn't give your car keys to anyone don't give your freaking body
0: (laughs) hello exactly (laughs) Well, thank you for being on my podcast. And of course. How can my audience find out more about you, my love?
1: They can just go to my Instagram. It's vibin with C C V I B I N with C I I C I I. I have all of my links there, so that is pretty accessible. And thank you so much for having me. It was such an honor, and I'm so happy that we connected you're more than
0: welcome. We have to have like part two and part three and really like go even deeper because we're hitting on some deep stuff that I just want to put on my TikTok.
1: (laughs) I know. I feel like I could talk to you for like 7,000 years and I'd be like, (laughs) thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.